Hey, stranger. Did you come to watch me dig in the garden? Well, you're not gonna get vegetables here. You're gonna get stories. Strange ones. You see, vegetables and stories have a lot in common. Now, on the surface, they're pretty tame. But once you start digging down into the dark where they grow, yeah, that's when things get interesting. All the stories here just don't come out quite right. So you're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna feel a whole bunch of emotions you didn't plan on feeling before you showed up. So, I hope you came prepared to be entertained, because you are listening to Peculiar Turnips. Peculiar Turnips presents Wish Revoked Written and narrated by Richard Morgan Kelly lived on the best side of the right side of the tracks. She had a home right next to Memorial Park, a place full of blooms and greens cascading out of time-worn bowls and planters. This didn't mean much to her, but it meant everything to her admirer. Because it meant that he could sit in the park and wait until he could see her. It was summer vacation. Before it started, Chase and Kelly were both in middle school. When summer vacation would end, he would still be in middle school, but she would move on to high school, and he could think of no worse outcome. Being apart for an entire school year, not being able to see her so much as once during the school day. There were plenty of stone sculptures throughout the park. Civil War soldiers with beards of moss and permanent tracks of tears carved by acid rain. They flew flags of stone. They loaded concrete cannons that would never fire. Chase tried to be just as motionless. He fixated on Kelly's front door. Anyone that could have seen him would have realized that even blue eyes can burn. He could achieve inhuman levels of stillness, but he would be seized by uncontrollable trembling when that front door moved. If it was actually her, not her parents or her brother, he shivered so violently that keeping his balance became a chore. He felt obvious, though his ginger hair blended in with the roses, and his general shape blended in with the sculptures. But Kelly paid him no mind, much the way she had paid him no mind at school. Completely oblivious to his presence, to his existence, and to his desperate fixation on her. She took a summer job down at the neighborhood market, cashiering so he had a general idea of what time of day he could see her. More than once, he had walked to Neighborhood Market with the sole intention of finding out where her schedule was posted, but it was hidden well from his desperate eyes. On this particular morning, his vigil was rewarded. She had indeed been moved to an earlier shift that week, just as he surmised. His ribs were racked by the tremors. The size of his passion couldn't fit inside his slim teenaged frame. 
It was like a mason jar that contained a thunderstorm. Her work uniform was sultry, just for the simple fact she was wearing it. Her hair was bronze in the morning sun. She mounted her pink bicycle and she was off in a series of gentle whirs and clicks. The elation left him, dropping him with meteor force. He was suddenly aware that he had been holding his breath. He put his hands in his pockets where he discovered a penny. Oh, pennies, he thought. What are they even good for? Then he remembered there was an old well in the park. It was robed in columbine blossoms. He looked at the penny, turning it over in his palm. Hey, it had his birth year on it. It just might work. He clenched it in his fist, tight enough to bend the thin metal. He closed his eyes and took a deep breath. I... I wish that Kelly and me will be together forever. He tossed the penny in, feeling a strange note of finality, as if his heart's desire had been heard by the powers that be, at least the ones that held jurisdiction over wishing wells. He turned to leave, and a small pain struck him in the back of the head. He thought it was a bee sting, but then he saw a penny hit the grass in his periphery. There was a head coming out of the well. A frowning head. An old man with long draping hair and a beard matted with mud. Who are you? Chase sputtered. Eh, I work in the refund department. You have to take your penny back. Your wish has been revoked. And there it was. The look of a man who had been slapped across the face with a cinder block. Your wish is logistically impossible to fulfill, so you're entitled to a full refund. Have a nice day. Chase's head flooded with questions and objections, but the old man sank from sight. Chase peered over the edge and saw the dark water far below, covered in leaves. Was it hot outside? No, not that day. He tightened his fingers around the penny. He checked the year. Yep, yep, it was the same year. I... I wish that me and Kelly will fall in love and get married and, and spend many happy years together. The penny traced an arc into the well once again. He paused. Nothing happened. You know, he nodded to himself. The instant he turned his back to the well, the penny stung him in exactly the same spot. The waterlogged mane of the man once again frowned at him. Excuse me, I told you, your wish is impossible to fulfill. We cannot legally take your money or logistically make your wish come true. That's final. Uh, hey, the, the first wish was that we would be together forever. The second was that we would at least get married and share a love for at least a few years. Little Weasley variations aren't going to change things or you wouldn't be getting a refund. Good day. The man was gone before Chase could say anything, and he still had plenty to say. <sighs> I wish that Kelly would be my girlfriend, he shouted, and threw the penny down the well. He caught it when it came back like a bullet. The old man was shivering with rage. 
What's your problem? I have lots of wishes to process, and you've made me handle the same one three times. I'll leave you alone if you answer my questions, Chase said. The man in the well rolled his eyes and agreed. Okay, okay. What about my wishes is so impossible to process? They were the same wish, just dressed up differently. Same common denominator, you being with her, together. It can't be done. It doesn't matter if the wish is for being married or being boyfriend, girlfriend, if it's forever, a few years, or even the weekend. It can't be done. Why? Do I look like I know everything? I don't make these decisions. Your wish went through and it came back with a red stamp. And you got your refund. He started jabbing the lip of the well with a finger on each syllable. It is impossible. Impossible. By any conceivable means. For you and this girl to be together. Take your money and move on. And with that, the man left a third time. Chase still had lots to say, but now... He didn't have the words. He sat in the park all day. He didn't go home to eat, no matter how hunger gnawed at his stomach. He walked in circles. He stared at her front door. Before he knew it, she was coming back home, and he was completely unprepared. She was right there, close enough to run up to and touch. But if the old man was right, she may as well be on the moon. Then something struck Chase in the head, and it wasn't a penny. He tightened his lips. He plucked several roses, no matter how the thorns bit. He carefully picked them off. He marched in a straight line towards her door. His heartbeat was deafening as he tried to gather his thoughts. <sighs> okay. Okay. She may not even recognize you, so... You're just gonna lay it out. Hi, I'm Chase. We were in school together. Uh, I really like you. Can we go out sometime? For all the countless days of Chase's harmless stalking, the street in front of Kelly's house had been empty for hours at a time. But that day, that moment, when Chase set foot into the street, there was a tweaker driving a U-Haul doing 90. Chase never saw him coming. Paramedics scraped as much of Chase off the pavement as they could. His recovery took up the rest of the summer. He had hoped that she would wonder who it was that got creamed in front of her house and come see him. She didn't. When he was finally able to come home and eat with a fork instead of a straw, she had been spirited away to the high school. And he was stuck where he was but he discovered to his delight that she had kept her job for the weekends. So he spent his Saturdays watching her leave and come home like before, thinking of how he was going to force the issue of him and her being a thing. There was something about being told by a mysterious force of the hidden parts of the world that he could never have what he wanted that made him determined to get it. No was unacceptable. He wasn't going to let some smelly old man in a well tell him what was and wasn't possible in his life. No, nothing. 
Nothing, not even his new phobia of U-Hauls, was going to stop him. He saved up money and ordered flowers with a personalized message. It was a steep price that took a rather long time to save for. But they added the perk of recording reactions to the flowers when they were delivered. This also meant that you could track the delivery of the flowers. Chase was checking the delivery status every 30 seconds, never mind how it was draining the battery on his phone. He could have done this from the home computer, but he wanted to be there where he could see the delivery take place, just in case. Music from a visiting circus drifted into his ears. It was miles away, but the neighborhood was quiet. The music seemed to mock his anxiety. He could even hear the cheers of the crowd, like the roar of distant surf. Huh. He thought about taking Kelly to see the ocean someday. After the flowers trigger her undying love for him. He finally got the alert. The delivery was on the way. He got a link to activate the camera feed. His shaking hands barely held onto the phone as he watched. It was a split screen shared between two GoPro cameras, one mounted on the driver and one mounted on whoever was riding shotgun. Chase could hear the vehicle in the distance. Come on! Come on! He hissed at the driver who was going the speed limit in the sleepy neighborhood. But then, screeching tires spilled out of the phone speaker and also echoed from far away. Chase panicked, terrified in equal parts of the delivery failing and seeing a U-Haul through the feed. Instead, it showed a stampede of tigers, painted elephants, and chimpanzees wearing Robin Hood-styled outfits. One colorful elephant sent the florist's vehicle twirling with one angry swat of its trunk. The impact destroyed one camera, but the other, the driver, still worked. It showed the mangled body of the other rider. A chimpanzee with dilated eyes cartwheeled up to the body and began urinating in the poor soul's face. The victim blubbed in protest. Another chimp could be seen taking a bouquet of flowers. Yes, Chase's flowers. And eating the personalized message. It then raced over to one of the elephants in a lightning-fast attempt to ram the bouquet completely inside the pachyderm's anus. The chimpanzee succeeded, but met a cruel end under the elephant's foot. It was revealed in the news that the chimpanzees had gotten into someone's stash of LSD and thought it was great enough to share with the other animals. One of the handlers wept over the fate of the crushed chimp saying that he had just taught the animal how to play basketball. Nothing was reported about Chase's flowers. And the flowers certainly didn't reach Kelly. Chase was done. He rolled his electric wheelchair out of the park. He went home and planned for war with the universe. Saturday came. She stepped out of her door brushing back her freshly showered hair. She stopped when she heard someone call her name. Someone in an electric medical scooter thingy was rolling toward her. 
A piece of satellite the size of a polar bear fell out of the sky, missing the wheelchair by inches. It skipped across the pavement, carving up plumes of sparks before taking out a section of fence. An epileptic suicide bomber zigzagged through the street and narrowly gave Chase a hug, but the wheelchair's pilot was ready. The bomber hugged air and reeled off to detonate in some decorative hedges. A clown's hand reached out of the gutter and missed one of Chase's wheels by hey, inches. Georgie. We all float down here. They reached Kelly's side of the street, swerving to miss a downed power line. Chase beamed, triumphant. His heart grew angel's wings and took to the sky. <laughs> Kelly! Kelly! I made it! Who are you? And why are you calling me by my last name? Chase blinked. You, your last name? Kelly is my last name. First name Steve. You mean... You're not a girl? Then why do you look so... 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 I only eat iceberg lettuce. I'm allergic to everything else. Chase's brain made a quick review of all the times he had ever seen... Steve. And he couldn't recall a single instance of seeing him in a dress. You were here to ask me out, weren't you? Said Steve. Oh, uh, yeah. God, this keeps happening! Steve spat and got on his pink bicycle. He read Chase's confusion. My girlfriend gave it to me so I could get to work, which I'm gonna be late for. Get lost! Chase sat in place for a long time even after the suicide bomber's left foot landed in his lap. He tried stalking Steve some more from his perch in the park, just to feel the magic again, but it was just gone. Knowing just made too much of a difference. He never went near the wishing well ever again. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Peculiar Turnips. Is there a moral to this story? Well, I guess if uh, if an old man pops out of a wishing well to give you a refund, you might want to take his word for whatever he has to say. <laughs> if wherever you get your podcasts allows it, uh, please give this episode a like, give the channel a subscription, and now that uh, Spotify has it, please feel free to give the show a rating. Every one of these things helps. Thank you, and I'll see you in the garden again next time.